Hello and welcome back to the Give and Go. I am your co-host Reynoso here with my boy Saltero. What's up, guys? Poland, man. Polska. Polska. <laughs> Poland is what's up, man. Okay. They are back at the World Cup, making their ninth appearance now in this tournament. They've had themselves a history with this tournament, man. Let me run you through it for a little bit, just oh, so please, you get an idea. Please. So Poland actually made their first World Cup appearance in 1938, bro. It oh, yeah. They're the, thir the third World Cup, right? Yes. Yeah, the yeah. third one. Yeah. They actually didn't have a group stage exit. They had a round one exit. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, that's what it was called back then, man. Okay. They went out in round one. All right, all right. In 1974 was when they made their following appearance, getting third in that World Cup. They ended up getting third place by beating Brazil. Oh, okay. One nil. All right. Um, this is following the tournament after what many consider the greatest Brazilian team of all time in 1970. This is mm. the tournament right after. Thanks. Poland, so get, Poland have that on their resume. Have that. Yeah, they have that. <laughs> That's man. pretty dope. That, yeah. Pretty crazy. And then in 1978, they went out in the second group stage. Makes sense of that in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, to the formats, man. Ridiculous. Yeah. I can't believe they ever did it differently. 1982, <laughs> they once again got third place. Wow. So surprisingly, two third place finishes for so, Poland. So there is salt. The posting was solid in mm -hmm. the 70s, 80s. Mm -hmm. huh? 1986, they're back in the tournament, round of 16 exit. And since that moment in time, the following three World Cup appearances have ended with the Polish side going out in the group stage. 2018 comes around and they lose out in the group stage with a, a group consisting of Colombia, Japan, Senegal. Yep. Pretty disappointing and underwhelming showing for the Polish side there. Dismal. Mm -hmm. Dismal performance for Poland in 2018. But 2022 comes around. They have, their, mm. they have the opportunity to to make amends for what they did in 2018. And they did that by getting second place in group I. England actually ended up getting first in that group. They were then pushed to path B where they were scheduled to play against Russia, but Russia eventually dropped out because of political turmoil. And so Poland got a straight pass into the final of path B right. where they found themselves facing off against a feisty Swedish side. Yeah. And we saw a sea of red host this Swedish team yeah. and put on a goddamn show. Poland winning that game 2-0. One of the most raucous stadiums I've ever seen when it comes to Poland, man. Never seen the fans like that. So excited, so Damn. hyped, and just putting in an all-around great game. If, if the World Cup was hosted in Poland, Poland would go all the way. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Yeah. That, those yeah. people in Warsaw went nuts, nuts during that game, nuts. bro. Nuts. I, there's no way you lose if you have that type of support, bro. Yes. There's just no way. Absolutely. And so home field advantage came for them that round and saw them qualify into the 2022 FIFA World Cup, where they then get drawn into Group C, which consists of the feisty, unbeaten Argentina side, a remarkable, talented Asian side in uh, Saudi Arabia, and then a beautiful, a loyal, and a very heartwarming team in my beautiful Mexican side. <laughs> so you got this incredible Group C consisting of so many different types of teams from so many different types of places. Poland finds themselves in the mix here. The biggest question for them entering this tournament is, do they have the talent to make it out of this group? Yeah. It's almost assured that Argentina is gonna go on in first. Right. 
is Poland capable of making it out of the group with teams like Mexico and Saudi Arabia challenging for that spot? So that's what we're going to discuss here today on The Give and Go, is how far this Polish side can go and what we see them accomplishing at this tournament. Yeah, so to get to the buildup of Poland, I actually want to start with that game against Sweden, the game that eventually gave them the final ticket to this 2022 FIFA World Cup. Going into it, man, I actually thought Sweden was going to pull through. I just thought Sweden had the experience of 2018 a little bit more than Poland. Obviously, they were both there, but Sweden had a much, much better tournament. And for the large part, Sweden had a very, very similar team. And they were playing, I would say, at similar levels. So all that considered, even though it was in Warsaw, I had Sweden going through with either with Forsberg, Alexander Isak having a really good game. And the game was tight for large portions of the game, but Poland were the better team. They were just straight up the better team. And I was actually very impressed. For me, probably the best Polish performance I think I've ever seen. But when I looked at 2018 going into that World Cup and I saw their group with Senegal, Colombia, and Japan, I looked at that group and I, and I said, Poland. No, you didn't. I did. Oh, no. I said, Poland's getting out of this group. If there's one team that's going to come out on top with a inexperienced, feisty Senegal side, a Japan side that I thought honestly wasn't that good going into the tournament, and then a Colombia side that I thought was on the decline, I looked at that group and I said, perfect. Yeah. This is the perfect opportunity for Poland to build off a of very successful Euros in 2016 and have an even better performance in 2018, but this time on the World Cup stage. And instead I got the exact opposite, man. They're the European Morocco for me in 2018, <laughs> dude. I had so much high hopes for Poland going into this tournament, dude, but dude, they were terrible. They were horrible, man. And honestly, both Colombia and Senegal were too, but Poland just couldn't figure it out. They literally could not figure it out. And it was so disappointing, dude, because in 2016, they went to the quarterfinals. They put on a hell of a display and they hadn't been to a major tournament prior to 2016 in a while either. And so this was the perfect opportunity with a team being led by superstar Robert Lewandowski. It was like, perfect, man. They're going to go off here in 2018 and I can't wait to witness it. But Looking back, that group was very underwhelming at the end of the day. Oh, the, from, yeah. yeah, from every single team, yeah. except maybe Japan who finally showed up in the knockout stage when they mm -hmm. played Belgium. But yeah, dude, that group was super underwhelming mm -hmm. from many different vantage points. But Poland were terrible, bro. Like they, they were really, really bad. And... Looking at Poland's trajectory since then, it's kind of hard for me to see anything positive. I'm going to be completely honest. At least to be excited about. At man. least to be excited yeah, about. Yeah. Exactly. Like I said, really the only time I've seen them really shine was in that game against Sweden. But besides that, man, when you look at the results in the Nations League, they just can't quite beat the teams that are better than them. If you think about Poland, they're like in that second tier, but they're the best of the second tier. They can beat teams that are on their level or below them, but Poland, in my opinion, just cannot beat teams that are superior to them. They don't even have that feisty gene in them. You know, there are a lot of inferior teams here at this World Cup, especially when you compare them to their European counterparts, but they at least have something in them that they can activate mm -hmm. to be competitive and to even genuinely surprise. I haven't seen Poland do that, man, especially in the Nations League. I just haven't seen them take it to the Netherlands or take it to Belgium for the whole 90 minutes. Yes, they're good in spells, but ultimately, man, they're losing these games and they're not, they're not, 
They're not able to get wins. They're not able to play well for 90 minutes and just kind of go off or show what they can do. And for me, that's that's really concerning, man, because they they just cannot figure it out. It doesn't help that they had to fire their coach, Paulo Sosa. Actually, they didn't fire him. He just left, left right before the World Cup. We talked about that. They kind of actually pulled a Morocco by getting local league legend yeah. uh, Miknovic, Cheslav Miknovic, who had just won the league with Legia of Warsaw. So from that perspective, sure, you get a guy who knows Poland really well. He understands the language oh, he knows specifically. Very well, yeah. bro. You look at his resume, man. Yeah. It's nothing but Polish, dude. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. If anything, his own career has just taken a meteoric rise because he's gone from mid-tier club to mid-tier club in Poland, finally got that big move to the best team in Legia. Warsaw, no? yeah. yeah, with Legia Warsaw. Won the league in his first year, Damn. and then immediately got the call of when Sosa left. So he's he's having himself yeah, a hell yeah, of a career right yeah. now. <laughs> so he's having fun at the very least. Yeah. But holistically, man, I just I get concerned when I look at Poland's past results because I just don't see them pulling through, especially if they have to play the highest of quality in the rest of this World Cup and what the World Cup has to offer itself. Let's look through and see what they have to offer when it comes to their lineup. I think one of the strongest players in this Polish lineup will be their goalkeeper, Szczesny. Yeah. He's done an incredible job for Juventus for a long time now Dude, and has proven himself, especially in that game against Sweden, coming up with big saves, man. He's so agile, man. He looks great in goal and he's experienced. When it comes to the goalkeeping position, I don't think you're missing anything with a guy like Chesney. Yeah. You take what he gives you and you're fine with it. So to start off, you have some solidity back there. Absolutely. Ex-Arsenal player, current Juve player, Wojciech Chesney. Absolute solidity and assurance in between the sticks. So yeah, you're right. I don't really see any true flaw to his game. He's a good goalkeeper playing at the highest level for virtually his entire career. So you're not missing nothing at the back, not with Chesney. And then you move up to the defensive line that Sheslov is going with going into the tournament. And bro, he just, he loves having his three guys back there. Oh yeah. He goes with that three defensive back line formation. Those players are usually going to be Benderik, Yavglik, and then Kiviar. Yeah. So those are three go-to options. And I think we just kind of want to look at this more holistically. Is this a back line that can handle the, you know, scary offensive threats of an Argentina team, for example, with Messi and Lautaro Martinez? Is this a defensive line that going into the World Cup, you can fully rely on to at least provide stability at the back? Yeah, and ultimately, I'm going to say no, man. <laughs> like, for as good as Bednarek, and especially Kamal Glick, who's been an elite defender for most of his career. The unfortunate thing is, I just think he's past his prime. He's not as good as he once used to be. Glick was one of the best defenders in France with Monaco for a, a while. A big reason why that Monaco defense was really good in that Champions League run when Mbappe and Bernardo Silva were leading the front, the front line. It was Camille Glick who was leading that defensive line with Monaco. I think he plays in Italy now, but yeah, he's, he's a veteran now. You know, he's, he's lost a, maybe a little bit of that physicality, definitely doesn't have the pace anymore. And he's not an elite defender enough to kind of make up for it with his IQ. I'm going to be completely honest. There are moments, especially in this last Nations leagues when they played against Belgium, for example, there are just moments where both Benerick and Glick low-key were just kind of caught ball-watching, man. Just low-key. And that's not good. It's not good because there's no makeup for it. If there's one thing that they've shown, no matter what, bro, Poland concede. And I th even if you have your three best center backs playing at their highest level right now, currently, I just don't see Poland maintaining a clean sheet. 
Yeah, I agree. This just it's just shaky, man. And the it's unfortunate shaky. part is that you don't really have a stud back there that's no. in his prime, that's in yeah. the best form of his life. You got two players that you could you could argue a bit past it because they're a bit old. You do have a, a youngster there with Kiviar being 22 years old over at Spezia, but I just feel like he hasn't found himself yet. He doesn't yeah. know himself yet as a, as a center back yet. He's still very young. Maybe he can be the future for Poland in that center back position, but I don't think he's enough to make up for the things that Gleek and Benderick lack in, man. And so overall, I'm, I'm just, a, if I'm Polish, I'm a little afraid going into the tournament about, oh, yeah. about this backline holistically. Moving up, Sheslov likes to go with a formation that really prioritizes wing backs, plus those two solid options in the midfield. From what I've seen, man, he absolutely loves going with Krikoviak in that center of the park. Really likes utilizing him as maybe an attacking midfielder or almost quarterbacking the offense from that midfield position. Um, next to him, he likes to go with Zerkowski. Yeah. And then in the wingback position, we have some interesting options with maybe Zaluski or Matty Cash, maybe. Yeah. Throw in Barazuski and... You have an interesting mix here of Polish players that just need to find some sort of unlocking because you have really good talent up front that can take care of business, but can this midfield be relied on to go toe-to-toe -to -toe against World Cup-level midfields and have enough quality there to compete? That's my biggest question because you do have some notable names, but all in all, what kind of mix does it create? Yeah, man. So looking at this Polish midfield and it, it looks thin, dude. <laughs> it looks yeah. really thin. Obviously, your most notable name is Gregorz Kukowiak. In his prime, dude was a baller. Cold on the ball. But now, at his age, especially playing in the Saudi league, which is definitely just not going to be the same quality that you'd want your best midfielder to be playing in, you're going to be missing something. And Poland definitely are. The problem is, is that Mignovic, the coach, doesn't really have any other options, man. Krikoviak is probably your best central midfielder. So even though he's completely past it from a prime perspective, he has to play. It would be a true mistake not to play him. And it's not to say that this guy's piss poor because he's not. He's still a good player. He's, he still understands the game at a very high level. His touch is just going to be a little sloppy. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a little slow on his decision making. But overall, he's still going to give you very, very good minutes. So from that, for that reason, you definitely do and can trust Krikowiak. When you go out wide to the wingbacks, if you, especially once we get to the wingers positions, man, you realize why Mignovic has to play a wingback style of play because, dude, once we get there, Poland have no wingers. <laughs> they have no effective wingers. Yeah. So he absolutely has to provide width with a back five with two of them being these full wingbacks. You have Matty Cash, Aston Villa player, who's honestly in his prime right now. And he's going to give you a lot of offensive impetus. And again, a very solid player in the Premier League. So I think having a guy like Matty Cash, honestly, is a godsend when you look at what the rest of the team can offer offensively because there's just not much. Do you, do you think he starts, though? Because I see him rotate with him in uh, Beresinski a lot. Yeah. I hope I said that right. But I, I, and I always wonder, like, who is he going to ultimately rely on? Because if, if Matty Cash is up to a quality that we're talking about, you would think that he would be his go-to guy in that position starting yeah. every game, but he really isn't that. He really isn't, but I think the biggest reason is because Cash just decided to activate his Polish blood like a year ago. <laughs> so first off, there, there had to be a little bit of trust made between coach and player. And 
I think the second reason why I don't, I don't think Cash hasn't been in complete rotation is because he's had several knocks. Not big injuries, but knocks enough to keep him out of the team or at least from a starting position. And I think that has actually been a major cause as to why Cash has been in rotation. He just hasn't been fully healthy and he's only been polished for like a year. <laughs> and but But... I do think on his day, if he's fully healthy, Cash is starting. He's think, just a yeah. better player. You got to go with the Premier League player. Man, I think uh, whereas, so. Uh, Breshinsky, he's at Sampdoria, right? Yeah. He's already at 30 years old. So like, I do think you got to go with Matty Cash. I feel he's more of a, he's also more aggressive, man. He's yeah. He has that dog in him. You see yeah. it every time when, when he plays for Aston Villa. I think he would be the smarter option to go with ultimately. But I just, I do wonder, like, will there be that chance that Cheslov potentially just starts Starts another option. I, I do wonder with how yeah. little he has experience That's as, true. A, as an actual Polish man. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually very true. I wonder if that will come into play. But I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think Cash is more physical and I also think he's more mobile than Berezutski. So I think for that reason, if he's fully healthy, I would actually start Matty Cash yeah, over so. any other Polish option that you have. But on the opposite flank, you have Roma wonder kid man, mm. Zalewski. Dude, this guy is, he's really good. And I, again, from a wing back perspective, this is probably the two most important positions <laughs> for Poland because if either Cash or Zalewski are off, Poland ain't scoring. They're not, they have no other options because obviously when we get to it, obviously, yes, you do have Lewandowski on the pitch, but he has to be fed. The midfielders, Krikowiak and whoever partners with him are not going to be in a feeding role. They're simply going to try and sweep, maintain the ball yeah, when they can, protect. when they can and protect their back line. That's going to be their main goal. They're not going to get involved offensively because it would just be way too much of a risk. Poland don't have that midfield luxury like other teams do on the offensive end. So it's going to come from these wingback positions and Zalewski is a hell of an option. Really dynamic player, loves to dribble, loves to penetrate. I think his offensive efficiency is a little low, but at the World Cup, fuck it. You don't have any other options. So what I do love about Zalewski is his perseverance. When he gets the ball, it's just to go at the defenders, man. He doesn't care if he's going to lose it. He doesn't care what's going to happen because he can sprint back. He has that youthfulness, yeah, that athleticism. So when he gets the ball, he's gone. He's going to go. He doesn't really get past players as much as I think I'd like him to. But like I said, there are no other options. So I'm going to give Zalewski full license to just do whatever the fuck he wants out on that left flank. And hey, he will get past a player at least once in every single game that he plays. And then if he can just find that perfect ball to Lewandowski, that's how Poland are going to score. That's how they're going to be successful. It's going to be through the offensive creation and penetration of Cash and Zalewski. Yeah, you could almost split this Polish team down the middle, man. <laughs> and it's like the right side is just pure like age and experience. Yeah. You got Krikowiak over there. You got Bednar Matty Cash, yeah, yeah. You guys, we'll mention Zielinski will probably be on that right side. It's just experience. Yeah. But then on the left side, it's pure risk and youth with Kivyar, who's like 22 years old. <laughs> yeah. Zalewski, who's 20. The potential left side winger options are oh, also yeah. very young as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even Zerkovsky, like he's 25 years old right now. So yeah. it's it's interesting how they that's almost like un, un accidentally happening for this Polish side. But yeah. they kind of needed that, man. They needed a side to rely on for, for experience and another side to just... Try things, Try things man. yeah. Because that's what this team is going to need, man. Absolutely. Getting to the reason why these wingbacks are going to be so important, let, I want to actually just talk, start talking Let's about go. these wingers, man. We'll talk about that left side that's going to pair up with Zalewski. And Mignovic has 
purely using this position as rotation, man. I know he's used Carlos Fidesky, who plays actually with Charlotte here in the MLS. Mm -hmm. A good option. A 10 and four this season, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. A really good option because during his time in Europe, he showed that he could score goals. And in the MLS, he's shown that he can actually do the same thing. He's a good finisher. Uh, I, I guess the only thing I'm going to question is just his overall experience. He's pretty young. He's never really played in a stage quite like this. So that would probably be the only thing I can question. But when you look at who else is in that position, I mean, there, there really isn't anybody else. He has, I think Piatek has played in that position. He's been okay. Uh, Arkadush Milik has been kind of utilized, but not really because... Milik and Lewandowski occupy the exact same position. So Mignovic only likes to bring Milik on as a sub when they need a goal and he just goes with two number nines up top. Yeah. And so from a starting position, he doesn't like to have two strikers. And so Milik usually finds himself on the bench coming off of it when Poland desperately need a goal. They, they have the uh, the Feyenoord player. What's his name? Oh, uh, it's, it's Szymanski. Szymanski. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. they have Szymanski too. Yeah. And yeah. So again... Kind of like Swiderski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Swiderski. He's getting in rotation, Samansky, but the output just, <laughs> it's not there, man. None of these guys really are creating that much. And so Mignovic just does not have a go-to guy to pair up on the left side of Lewandowski. Oh, yeah. At the very, it, regardless no, who it is, it's not going to match up to the quality of Lewandowski or Zelinski, man. Like, exactly. It just won't. Like, it's going to be a major drop-off. Huge. Hopefully for just three games, they can match them in that sense. And maybe that's why Sidersky might be the best option in that situation because Szymanski, he has, a, I think, I believe three goals, three assists in the mm. Dutch league right now. Okay. So it's like, how do you compare the Dutch league versus <laughs> right. the MLS? 10 right. and four in the MLS or three and three in the Dutch league? You might have to go with the MLS guy because that's just more output. So yeah. ultimately that's what they need from that position. It's just some sort of output. And if you have your boy uh, Zalewski right behind you working his ass off exactly. trying to form something, maybe you just... Yeah, maybe you take a risk on the MLS guy. Yeah, and honestly, that's the thing is that it wouldn't really be a risk because of what you just said. At this point, if you can't really trust or have a go-to guy in that position, just play the numbers game. Mm -hmm. Just why, why not? You're not going to really risk anything because the other guys aren't giving you anything anyway. I think Swiderski would be a good option. But on the other side, this conversation gets really interesting because Zielinski is having a hell of a fucking season, yeah. man. Yeah, A hell of a season commanding that Napoli midfield, getting involved offensively, but also just being a straight up fucking baller in that midfield, maintaining possession, also being the offensive impetus from a deep lying position too. Zielinski is an all around box to box type of midfielder for Napoli. What concerns me here is that I think he's playing out of position for Poland. I think he's playing out of position. He's a little bit too advanced. What's interesting though is that Mignovic gives him full license to kind of roam around. In a way, he has that messy license to basically just do whatever he wants as long as he's getting involved offensively. He can cut inside, he can camp in the middle and try to create from a central perspective. But the thing is, I think Zielinski's just best when he's only in the center, when he's not given full license to kind of roam around because at Napoli, he has a very specific job and he does it really, really well. Translating that to the Polish team, I think his job is too free-flowing. He, I think Zielinski works better when he has a specific task to complete. When he's with Poland, he's kind of just told, 
do what you can for us. And I don't think that works. It at least doesn't maximize what Zelensky can do. And that, that worries me. Obviously, from a technical perspective, he's gonna be world-class. When he gets the ball, you know he's not gonna lose it. He's gonna be good at passing. He's gonna make the right decisions. But spatially, where Zelensky finds the ball, I think that's where Poland are gonna really miss out on because Zelensky out wide or Zelensky more advanced up the field, even if it's centrally, I don't think is and as effective Zelensky. Dude, for me, when I look at Napoli, they are, in my opinion, a top five side in Europe right now. Mm. And until they lose, bro, they're the best team in Europe. In yeah. my opinion. No, yeah. Until they lose, I'm going to say that. Hopefully, by the time this uh, deep dive is out, they, they've continued that trend. Wow. But at the very least, they are a top five side in how they're playing. And Zelensky is a clinical part of that yes. Napoli engine, bro. Yeah. So we have to give him his credit. We have to give him his merit. It's incredible what he's done for that team, the role that he's played, as you stated. Here's my thing with Zelensky, bro. So every time it comes to Poland, we all know the quality and the insane class of Robert Lewandowski. But it's always a question of who's going to be his number two guy. The clearest thing for Lewandowski and the national team is just how little help he has, man. Yes. How, how little bit he's fed. How, how little is generated outside of what he does himself. Is Zielinski capable of finding his form and being that guy? Where you're telling me with him being out of role does not make me excited, man. Yeah. It makes me worried on the opposite side. We're not maximizing his abilities. We saw it, though, in that game against Sweden where we had a, a crucial second goal to put the game away. When he has a chance, bro, he can be that guy. Oh, yeah. If he's put in the right places, if he finds himself on the ball in the proper spot, he'll make the absolute most of it. So I think he's going to be such a key part of this team. And it'll be fun to watch him this tournament to just see, like, focusing in on him. I, I think there's an argument to be made that he's the most important player for this Polish side. Yeah. Like, even, even with Lewandowski, because... If he can be successful and play the same way he's do playing at Napoli, this team could heighten itself even a few points up. So hopefully that happens for this Polish side because if it doesn't, man, then Lewandowski is once again on an island, man. Like I I'm sure he's looking at Zielinski over in the locker room just like, <laughs> like you're the only other quality elite player on this team. At least give me something from yourself. Fuck the rest of the team. Give me something from you. That's At the very least, give me that. And that's what worries me, man, is because I think the reason why Zielinski is low-key a little out of position here with Poland is because of that. Right. The coach is asking Zielinski, do more for us. Do everything. Lewandowski is going to be our goal scorer. Zielinski, you have to be the midfield. Not the midfielder. You have to be the entire <laughs> midfield for our Polish yeah. national team. And that's just too much to ask. For me, it's too much to ask. What I, I think best case scenario, Zelensky plays centrally, and you just hope that your wingers come to play. You just hope that Zelensky can feed Zalewski or Matty Cash, and then from there, they can take over, penetrate, send in crosses to Lewandowski, and be successful. But by asking Zelensky to be a little bit more offensively involved, I think actually hurts Zelensky's overall output. It gets interesting because, you know, this is a translation that I, in my opinion, I just think doesn't ultimately work. There are cases throughout national teams where, where a player plays out of position mm -hmm. for the national team, but it actually makes sense. I think the perfect example is Alfonso Davies with the Canadian national team. <sighs> a hell of a Ooh. fullback for Bayern Munich, but he actually works best as a winger for Canada. That is not the case here for Zelensky, man. Zelensky is best right in the center. His quality won't drop if he plays in a more advanced position, but for me, the translation just isn't one-to-one, -one. and I think ultimately you get less output by doing so. Yeah. 
where the translation is one-on-one, one-to-one <laughs> is probably with Lewandowski. Mm. He has the same role here as he's, yeah. that he's had at literally any other club. Um, and it just shows the difference that the quality and players can make when you have a good supporting cast versus when you have a mediocre one. The tall tale of Lewandowski's career in the Polish jersey, he just hasn't been able to have the same output with this team as he has at club level. But regardless, he has found a way to do enough to guide this team to a World Cup appearance back to back, man. Credit to Lewandowski to be able to you know go through the European qualification system and come through for his team, but... It's always in the World Cup stage where they always come short and you just see Lewandowski look as limited as he's ever looked in his career. See, that's the thing, man. I'm worried about Kamil Glick. I'm worried about Krikowiak's performance. I'm a little worried about how effective Cash and Zalewski are going to be. I'm worried about how Zelensky's going to handle playing at just a slightly different role for this Polish team. I'm actually not worried about Lewandowski's performance because as you, as you so perfectly put it, no matter where he plays, Lewandowski plays the exact same way. And if you just find him, yes. Lewandowski will score because he's absolute world class in that number nine position. I am not worried one fucking bit on how well Lewandowski is going to perform. The only problem is, is that the way Lewandowski plays is that he does rely on wing service or he does rely on a central attacking midfielder to be creative and to feed him, whether he's running off of the back line of the defense or he's getting big in that box, looking for a through ball or looking for a cross, man. I'm not worried about Lewandowski's play whatsoever. I know that if he gets a chance, if he gets... Even a half chance. Yeah, like. yeah. Even if it's a half chance, I know Lewandowski is going to show up and he's going to score at this World Cup. But I, I'm going to question the service. So it's funny because I actually don't have much to say about Levi here, bro. <laughs> I really don't because it's not how good he does isn't really going to be up to him. His hold oh, up play, his hold up play is going to be elite. He's going to get that ball. He's going to hold it up for this Polish team, lay it off to Matty Cash, and he's going to make a perfect run. It's not. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about can the rest of Poland find him? It's been like that for a decade, man. Yeah, yeah. We've all been asking the same question. Ultimately, I don't. I don't think so, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. It might. They might find him a little bit better here than they have in years past, but it still won't be enough, man. Yeah. When we're talking about building a play from the back and considering the likability of that ball eventually reaching Lewandowski up front, I just don't see it happening, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it yeah. happening. I just feel like there's too much reliance on the opposing team making a mistake, almost like how we saw in the Sweden game, especially when Zielinski scored that second goal. It was just straight off of a Swedish awful touch yeah. that the defender had and he just nabbed it and scored like when you look at Lewandowski's club career especially with Bayern Munich and obviously now Barcelona the teams that Lewandowski has been on and has excelled with are possession based teams teams that slowly squeeze the opposition and just pound that box because Lewandowski knows he's going to be at the end of those balls. And over the course of 90 minutes, Lewandowski has his way with defenders. But it's because of that maintained possession that he's able to get multiple chances and that he's able to wear down defenses. Problem with Poland is they just don't have that. They don't have a midfield to maintain possession. They don't have that quality of players to squeeze a defense with ball retention. They don't have that, man. So when Lewandowski does get his chance, he gets one every 15 minutes. It's so few and far between. 
It's hard Even for Lev- less. maybe yeah. less. Yeah, it's hard for Lewandowski to truly be effective for this Polish team. But when he does get that chance, I know he's going to give it his absolute best, and he's going to get a goal just because of sheer quality. Sheer quality. Lewandowski's elite. That's not the question here. But yeah, just yeah, you're really making me worry now, even more so because just the way that Poland yeah. play, they cannot, by virtue, maximize Lewandowski's skill. Yeah, I, I think this just showcases the crux of maybe European style of football that when it's not done correctly or you don't have the tools to properly execute, you know, possession-based football that starts in the back, it results in a team like this that is just unable to feed and service the most important player for them up front. And we get a team that underwhelms. And as we've seen in, as we saw in 2018, underwhelmed against overall generally weak teams. For me, when I look at Poland and I look at them within the scope of uh, UEFA teams, I think they're one of the weakest European sides, man. I think so. I think so. I think so. And it's just it's just frustrating though, man, because like you have Robert Lewandowski, mm-hmm. man, figure it out. Yeah. And he's still playing at an incredibly high level. It's not like he's, you know, 36 and can't walk anymore or something. <laughs> and he's just kind of there to like hopefully get a goal. He could he could oh, score. Dude, he's balling he, out he right could now, score Barca, two man. goals a game at this World yeah. Cup if he was just serviced correctly. Yeah. He's that good. So it's just so frustrating. Yeah, we we've been talking about European competition, how that's generally a good thing. I think that for them, it's been a bad thing because it's just shown us like the flaws that they have. They've been doing really bad in Nations League. Like you said, not really beating a team that is better than them. I think they got pounced by Belgium like 6-1, no? (laughs) It was rough. Um, But likewise, I think that when it comes down to it, you know, I was doing my research and considering the opportunity or the likability of what if Poland, because they are set up as a European side at the end of the day, what if they're able to be the team that matches up best against like Argentina? What if they're at the very least able to force them into a tie, maybe even get a victory? And what if we find a Polish team that makes it out of the round of 16? I then ask myself, do I see them having enough to go on, you know, those typical type of feisty runs that sometimes the dark horses of the World Cup can go on? Is Poland a team that is capable of achieving that? Bro, I try to think about it in so many different ways. I try to see it from so many different angles. Maybe Lewandowski just figures it the fuck out, goes nuts. I don't see it, man. I don't see it. For me, I have Poland not making it out of the group. But that, and I will admit this right here, I'm being very biased towards Mexico right now. (laughs) Because I, I, I do have Mexico making it out of this group. I'm fully committing to my bias here, something I don't usually try to do on the show. But I don't feel that that opinion is that far-fetched because of the quality of Poland. If they were just a little bit better, I might even be able to convince myself that they would get second in this group. I have them getting out in third, maybe even fourth if Saudi Arabia finds a way to take it to them. But at most, I think the best version of this team makes it out of the group and then loses out in the round of 16. I don't think this is a team that goes beyond that. Yeah, I completely agree. Poland will not make it past the round of 16 whether I think they'll get out of the group gets really interesting, man, mm-hmm. because you take out Argentina, in my opinion, this group is wide yeah. ass yeah. open, man. I, I really do think so. Even though we just scrutinize a large portion of this Polish squad, man, like legitimately, <laughs> I I still think they might be better than Mexico or Saudi Arabia. I, I They might be. They're I, kind of, as you said, the best version of Poland actually does get out of this group. And I, I believe that. It's just hard to think that considering their recent track record. A horrible 2018 and an arguably worse Euro 2020, man. They were horrible in the Euros, man. <laughs> horrible. And so 
Why would they do any better here? I don't know. But maybe, maybe Zelensky, maybe he figures it out. Maybe Mignovich puts him more centrally and he just starts feeding, feeding his wingers. Maybe as Olevsky says, this is my time. I'm 20 years old. I'm living my dream representing Poland at the international stage at the World Cup. I'm going to go off. You know, maybe maybe Groszczyk or yeah. uh, Swiderski says, "I play in the MLS. I'm never gonna get this opportunity this to play alongside Lemon." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one's for Charlotte FC right here. Let me represent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's there's that chance, and if you get that inspiration from a players like Glick Krikowiak, who this oh, will yeah. definitely be his last major tournament. If you get that inspiration. There is that quality. The quality is there. I'm not saying this Polish team is shit because they are far from it. I'm just saying as a team, they've really struggled to beat better teams. So it's hard for me to see them performing well at this World Cup. But the best version of, the group, of Poland, man, man yeah. the best version of Poland, I think, does get out of this group. But but even then, they, they will crash out the round of 16. I do not have them going any further than that. Yeah, the conversation just gets so interesting because... It's Mexico, Saudi Arabia, and Poland. Like, it's wide open. I think mistakes are going to define who gets through in this group. Yeah, like, good point. Does Mexico have a better chance of pouncing on another team's mistakes versus Poland? I actually don't think so, man. Yeah. I've seen Mexico be given some beautiful opportunities at goal and completely squander them. Yeah. Poland, I actually think I would have a little bit more confidence that if they were given an opportunity, a gift from the defense or from whoever it is, mm. you got Lewandowski, you got Zelensky yeah. right there. I think you got enough talent to be able to take advantage. So maybe readjusting the game plan to kind of mold themselves toward that, specifically in the group stage, because Saudi Arabia is also prone to a mistake. Yes. Mexico is prone to mistakes. Yes. I do think I would have the most confidence in them finding ways to maximize that. But for the rest of the game, that isn't based off of mistakes and is based on just creating an opportunity and creating a chance at goal, I think that's where Poland suffers a lot. And oh, so yeah. I, it's going to be incredible watching these teams play out, trying to win that second spot in their group. And it starts off just with pure entertainment with Poland facing off against Mexico in their first matchup of the World Cup. Yeah. That in itself might, might define the group. Dude, yeah, you're making me think already, man. At the very least, this group's going to be hell entertaining. Hell oh, entertaining yeah, because yeah. of how open it is that's going to be so fun to watch and you know the more that i think about it i, I don't think i was going to say this before talking but i have poland finishing second mm. i'm going to say it right now i mm. have polish finishing second mexico are going to crash out of the group stage for the first time in what a very very long time i think it's written the stars for this to happen for not for poland to succeed but for mexico to, to fail is what ultimately mm. why i have poland mm. going through mm. yeah and okay, we'll get we'll get we'll get deeper we'll into, get into that, that later. We'll get, we'll get deeper. Into that. I don't know if this Polish team is enough, but hey, we'll get into that in our Mexico deep dive. This is for our Polish viewers and our Polish fan base. So, yeah. and that is Poland, folks. Thank you guys so much for watching. Let us know what do you think about this Polish side. Do you see him getting out of the group, making the round of sixteen, or are they going to end up in third or fourth in Group C? Let us know. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe, and keep up with us as we continue releasing these deep dives. We're going to be doing every single team for the World Cup, and it's almost here, man. So. We'll see you guys for the next deep dive and until then, peace.